Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the victory that we have in you. Lord God, I thank you for the word that we get to open up and study. And I thank you because I trust that, Lord, you're going to challenge us. You're going to fill us. We're going to be encouraged and we're going to know that the joy of the Lord is our strength because the word tells us that we have your power. And so, God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the word that our senior pastor Carter Conlon brought to us, calling us as a church to push forward. I pray, Lord God, even now as they prepare to travel, to go overseas to Kenya and Tanzania, to minister to thousands of pastors, I pray, Lord God, that you would go before them that she would be behind them. Lord God, I pray that she would keep that flight, Lord God, from any complications, any problems. Lord God, give them safe passage all the way till they touch the ground and get to their destination. And I pray that you would anoint them and fill them with great power to speak forth your name and to encourage the body in Africa. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's open up the word and let's study, as you all know, uh, this is our teaching service where we get into the word and we encourage everyone uh, to come with the word, to come with pen and pad if you want or on your phone, using your smartphone or however you want to document it. But we just encourage you to take notes as we grow together in our faith and study this incredible word that God has given us. Amen. This word is life giving. So this is spiritual nourishment to our soul, to our mind, and to our heart. And so I just really encourage you, stay engaged with the word and then go back through the week. And the Lord might reveal to you things that maybe I haven't even received. And, and let's just trust that, that God will just meet us right now, this afternoon. I'm talking about overcoming adversity. And I really appreciate the word that Pastor Carter gave us this morning as he talked about pushing forward and trusting that that. God would lead us and keep us. And so I'm excited to be able to talk about this, this idea of overcoming adversity. And I'm really specifically talking about the mountains of adversity, the mountains that get in our way when we try to push forward in the effort to continue to grow in our faith, to strive and go forward in what God's called us to do. Sometimes in life, there are mountains that get in the way, the mountains of adversity. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. We're going to start there and we're going to take a journey through scripture as the Lord leads and talk about what overcoming adversity looks like. Matthew chapter 17, uh, beginning with verse 14, catch up with me, um, but I'm going to start reading for the sake of time. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, that being Jesus, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And verse 16, and I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. At this point, Jesus was just frustrated with his disciples. Having nearly spent three years with them, he expected that they would now understand he's given them power. In verse 18, and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He said to them, because of your little faith, as it reads in ESV, but in the New King James Version, it actually says, because of your unbelief. 
For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. This is important. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now there is, in verse 21, it says, but this kind never comes out except by prayer and fasting. My first point this afternoon is, if you have faith, nothing will be impossible. That's what Jesus said. If you have faith, nothing will be impossible. And Jesus specifically says, faith like the grain of a mustard seed. And I found that very interesting that Jesus would say, that is all you need. But that is not what Jesus is talking about in regards to where you will stay. Jesus says, look, all you need is the grain of a mustard seed and I'm going to do the rest. But I am going to fill you with my spirit and you're going to grow in faith as you learn to trust me. Now, when he says nothing will be impossible, he's not talking about some of the things that we tend to think about in regards to what we want in life. When he says in faith, nothing will be impossible, he's talking about those things that are in accordance to his will. Meaning, you can't take what Jesus says, if you have faith, nothing will be impossible. Okay, I'm going to head over to my local corner store and I'm going to play the lottery today. Because Jesus said nothing will be impossible. Well, I need to inform those that maybe are new to the faith or coming in to visit, playing the lottery is not a dependency on Jesus Christ. It's a dependency on luck. It's faith in simply hoping that I can get lucky today. You cannot equate some of the things that we hope to see in the flesh with what God wants for our lives. I know it says, by faith, nothing will be impossible, but you have to read that in the full context of understanding that when you grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, as you continue to pray, read the word, and study God's word, you come to this wonderful understanding that your life is supposed to reflect the righteousness and the holiness of God. And thus your dependency is fully on what God has to say, thus allowing you to grow in your faith and be a good steward maybe of your money and not having to go and play the lottery. If you have faith, nothing is impossible. I brought something with me today in this little sack. I picked up <clears throat> some mustard seeds because I really wanted you to see the symbol of what Jesus was trying to explain to his disciples. The mustard seed, he said. He said, if you have faith, like the grain of a mustard seed. So I picked up the mustard seed. I realized, man, this seed is really small. Can anybody see the mustard seed? I, 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 anybody in the balcony, can you see the mustard seed? I don't think you can, unless you've got bionic eyes somewhere. Matter of fact, the mustard seed just blends in my hand. So for those of you that can't see the mustard seed, I just want to make sure, Pastor Derek, Pastor Patrick, I want to make sure y'all know that I got a mustard seed in my hand. You see the mustard seed? He said, just some of y'all folks that don't trust me. <laughs> There's a mustard seed in my hand. And I, and it, it, I, I, I take scripture literally. It is the absolute truth. And Jesus goes, I, I just need a mustard seed. Now, there's a mustard seed in my hand, and you can't see it. But what can you see? 
my hand. That's the point. The point is this. You put your faith in the hand of God and that's all you're going to see. When you put your faith in the hand of God, your faith is secure. When you put your faith in the hand of God, he will guide you. He will lead you. He will keep you. It is the most secure place for you to put your faith. And he said, this is all I need. Because when you put your faith in God, he gets all the glory because it's his hand of power. It's his hand of healing. It's his hand of authority. A lot of times we put our faith in so many different things. And the reason why is because we're not praying and talking to God and building up our faith in Christ Jesus. This is why it's important. Under this topic of number one, if you have faith, nothing will be impossible. But I got to say one thing and two things underneath that. Ready? Faith and prayer changes your perspective and the outcome of what seems impossible. Faith and prayer changes your perspective and the outcome of what seems impossible. You have to live your life in faith, but not just in faith, but a life of prayer. Prayer has to be your first position when you are facing the mountain of adversity. It's the first position you should take. It's the weapon of choice when you're facing adversity. Faith and prayer are a combination that packs a powerful punch. And you have to understand this, that when you pray, that is your time in the presence of God, getting to know God's will, getting to know what God desires of you, getting to know that God will take care of you. A lot of times we face the mountains of adversity and all we do is talk about the adversity that's in our life, but we don't pray about it. Uh, Y'all ain't hear me. A lot of times, when we're facing the mountain of difficulty, the mountain of affliction, rather than praying, we talk about it on Facebook. When we're facing some mountain of discouragement on our job, we rant on Twitter. We rant on social media. We do selfies talking about how terrible our day is rather than pray about it. Or we call friends even. We text, we get on the phone, and we fuss, and we complain, and we go on and on about our issues. I mean, we're going on and on when God all the while is ready to listen and hear everything that's going on in your life. You see, it is very important that before God calling somebody, before texting somebody, before fussing with somebody, before you allow doubt to build up in your heart, you have got to pray and you've got to place your mustard seed of faith in the hand of God. You know what's so special? Jesus also said this. He said, he said, the mustard seed is the smallest of seeds, but when it grows, it is the largest garden plant. A plant so large that the birds nest in it and find refuge, meaning that this is what our lives are supposed to look like. We're not supposed to stay this small mustard seed of faith. We're supposed to grow and be a testimony of the power of God in our lives. 
We're supposed to grow in our faith. This is why you're supposed to rest in the power of God. Rest in the hand of God. Listen, faith and prayer changes your perspective and the outcome of what seems impossible. So many people have an earthly perspective on what they're facing in life. And God wants to give you a divine perspective. It's a supernatural perspective. The earthly perspective says, oh my goodness, there is this mountain of difficulty that I'm having to go through every day, every single week, and it's so overwhelming. But the divine perspective says, this mountain has to move because God's going to take care of me. There's an earthly perspective in the face of opposition, in the face of adversity. But then there's a divine perspective, but the divine perspective is only birthed out of time and prayer and walking in faith, trusting Jesus Christ. Doubt is the enemy of faith. I want you to write that down. Doubt is the enemy of faith. Scripture says in Matthew 21, verse 21, Jesus answered them and said, truly I say to you, if you have faith, and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. In James chapter 1, you can just write it down, but listen, James chapter 1 verse 6 says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where I have faced the mountain of adversity. And rather than praying and seeking God and believing in faith that God is going to fight my battle, I begin to reason and question as to whether I'm going in the right direction, as to whether... I'm in the will of God. Oh, am I, you know, did I get this wrong? Am I being punished right now? God, and oh, oh, let me try going right or let me try going left rather than standing my ground on the rock of my salvation and trusting and believing in faith. You know, doubt will stir all types of stuff in us. Doubt produces fear. It's very important to understand this. Doubt is the enemy of faith. And if we allow doubt to continue to build up in our hearts, doubt produces fear. Which leads me to my, my second point. If God is with you, there's nothing to fear. So our first point is this. If you have faith, nothing will be impossible. Two, if God is with you, there's nothing to fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. If God is with you, there's nothing to fear. I love this because it's simply this. Christ Jesus living inside of you is greater than anything in front of you. I want you to understand this. The scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I love that passage of scripture. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It actually begins, 1 John 4, 4 actually says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. I love that, which means because you belong to God, you will overcome whatever's in front of you. Because you belong to God. 
Because God dwells inside of you. It doesn't matter the size of the mountain of discouragement or the, the mountain of bitterness or the mountain of darkness that you have to face or the mountain of, uh, of frustration because of maybe things aren't going right on your job or things are a mess in your home. Some of you are facing mountains in your home. But I want you to know you belong to God. And when you belong to God, he is going to fight the battle for you. And the enemy has to flee. And there's nothing to fear. The other day, I was watching a, 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 a Disney movie with, with my daughters. It's, it's called Pete's Dragon. Anybody ever seen it? Anybody ever heard of it? It's called Pete's Dragon. It's an old, it's an old story. Oh, okay, hold on. Hold on a second. Hold on. Okay, for, for all of those that find every dragon to be the devil himself, could you just bear with me for a second here? All right? Just, I, I felt it. Okay. Pete's dragon is, he's got two little wings and he's green and he's got a broken tooth, all right? The, the dragon that you're thinking about right now in Revelation, I know you, all you scholars and theologians. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that dragon is red, by the way, all right? With like 10 heads and 10 horns and 10 crowns on each of those heads for all of those that like to read Revelation. I'm talking about Pete's dragon from Disney, okay? Anyway, hang with me. Pete's Dragon. We were watching the movie of Pete's Dragon. And if you don't know this story, the, the little boy, uh, he's, a, he's a little baby. And his, his parents are on a road trip. And they get in an awful car accident. And it veers off the road and into a forest where, that is not occupied. And so in the story, a little Pete just uh, is found. in. in he's, he's about four or five years old. And he's running through the forest. And... There's all these animals and everything. And suddenly, the dragon shows up. And, and so the dragon befriends little Pete. And so there is Pete growing up in the forest with a friendly dragon. And, and, and so he's kind of like a Tarzan kind of character. But he's about 10 years old. But there's this incredible moment in the movie where little Pete is playing in the dirt like a little kid. And all of a sudden, a grizzly bear walks up in front of him. And Pete looks up and stands up and looks at the grizzly bear. And it's not a friendly grizzly bear. And the grizzly bear stands on its two feet. I mean, it's huge in the movie. And raises both of its hands and goes, <laughs> And so Pete looks at the grizzly bear and his eyebrows drop. He puts up his two hands and he goes, <laughs> Like that. And then when Pete roars at, at the grizzly bear, his dragon suddenly peeks its head around a huge tree like, and, and, and makes a little noise like, hmm? And so as the grizzly bear is having this standoff with little Pete, the grizzly bear looks up and sees the dragon, which is about 20 times bigger than him, looks at Pete, puts his hands down, and runs away. And what was so unique in that moment of the movie is Pete never even turns around to see his dragon watching his back. He just goes back to playing in the dirt because he's confident enough to know in faith that I can roar at anything bigger than me because he's got my back. Some of y'all still ain't with me yet. What I'm trying to say, if God's got your back, then you can roar at anything that's in your way And 
there's nothing to fear. Some of you have to learn to put up a shout in the face of the enemy. Some of you have to roar back. But you have to live a life of faith and prayer. You have to live a life knowing that God is with you. And if God is with me, and if God's got my back, he's got my front. If God is with you, there's nothing to fear. Here's the point underneath, point number two. When you know the power of the cross, you're not afraid of the power of darkness. You got that? When you know the power of the cross, you're not afraid of the power of darkness. Romans chapter 8. What then, verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Because of the finished work of the cross, you get the victory. A lot of times we look at this passage of scripture and we stop. If God is for us, who can be against us? But to be able to stand on that statement, you have to read the next verse, which tells us why we can stand in the face of the enemy. Because the victory was won 2,000 years ago on the cross. Sin and death and the devil were defeated when Jesus died on the cross. It's very important. You see, when the cross is magnified in your heart, your situations are minimized. Sometimes we, 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 we magnify our situations. So this, this is the only way, really, this is, the, this is the way we actually make mountains out of molehills. Anybody ever heard that phrase? We make mountains out of molehills when we don't have a true picture of the power of the cross. You have to understand the power of the cross. This is why I love preaching the cross, because your victory is in the cross. Your victory is in the freedom that Christ Jesus won for you. If he defeated sin and death, then it don't matter what's standing in your way now. It has to come down. Mountains will move. Praise God. Mountains will move. Here's my next point. In the moment of adversity, remember God is faithful. This is not point number three. We got one more point, but this is still under point number two. I first said, when you know the power of the cross, you're not afraid of the power of darkness. But in the moment of adversity, remember God is faithful. Turn with me real quick to Psalm, Psalm 103. And I love this song. You with me? Say amen. amen. David writes, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I'm going to stop right there for a moment. When you're facing adversity, don't forget the benefits. And I love what King David does right here. Now he gives us a great list of benefits. I don't know what you're dealing with right now. I don't know, I don't know what the mountain is that's in your way. I don't know what the adversity you're facing right now. Whether it's darkness, whether it's sin, whether it's broken trust, whether it's depression, loneliness, there's a lot. We all have a couple of mountains in our way. Can I get an amen? amen? They stand in our way and sometimes you feel like you can't go forward, but don't forget the benefits. God is faithful. Verse three, 
who forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases, not some, all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. For anybody who's you feel like you have fallen in the pit, he's going to redeem you this afternoon. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Maybe there's been this mountain of oppression in your life from your job to your neighborhood to your home. But praise God, he works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Thank you, Jesus. So you can rule out the idea that the mountain of adversity that's in your way is punishment. No, it is not. I just need to tell you that. Some of you feel like you're going through stuff and God is punishing you. But it says it right here. He does not deal with us according to our sins. Nor repay us according to our iniquities. Hallelujah. Like this, this, this is not. It's the, the mountain that's in your way. The, the, the adversity that you're facing is not this moment where pay up. Where you deserve this. Or this, this is the consequences uh, of you not thinking well or not being not not following in accordance to what I've called you to do or, or God is just full of grace and he's full of mercy and in verse 11 it says for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him as high as the heavens are above the earth which means the steadfast love of the Lord sits much higher than any mountain of adversity that you're facing You've got to understand that the steadfast love of the Lord, his love for you, his mercy sits greater and higher than anything in this world that has stacked up against you. The obstacles, the roadblocks, they all have to come down. Point number three, the obstacles in your way will be a testimony of how God made a way. The obstacles in your way will be a testimony of how God made a way. Scripture tells us in the book of Revelation, we shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But I want to encourage you to put into practice testifying of the goodness of Jesus Christ, even when the mountain is still in your way. Give God glory. Give him praise. There's two points underneath three. Because of his mercy, every obstacle in your way is crushed by the weight of his power. Every obstacle in your way is crushed by the weight of his power. Praise God in Isaiah 49, 10 through 11. I love this. They shall not hunger or thirst. Neither scorching wind nor sun shall strike them. For he who has pity on them will lead them. And by springs of water will guide them. And I will make all my mountains a road. I love this. The way it's written. It says if God. 
takes ownership of the mountain that's standing in your way. So he says you'll never hunger or thirst. There's no scorching wind or sun that will strike you. He who will have pity on you, springs of water will guide you. And then he says, I will make all my mountains a road. He can make it his own because he dwells inside of us. And so because he dwells inside of us, he's not going to allow anything to get in the way of what he's called you to do. This is why, like what we heard this morning, we are able to push forward. We are able to push forward because the Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And when God calls us to something, he's going to move the mountain. And what was a mountain in your way is going to become the gravel of God's grace and it's going to be a victory road for your life. You hear what I'm talking about? This is why we can stand like little Pete and roar at every tactic of the enemy because every mountain has to come down. In Isaiah chapter 40, just listen. I'm going to read quick for the sake of time, but scripture says this. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Here's my last point in close. When the light of Christ is in you, there's victory. When there is victory over adversity, God gets all the glory. When the light of Christ is in you, there's victory. When there is victory over adversity, God gets all the glory. I was reading in Psalm 97. You go back and read this later. But I love this portion of scripture that says in verse 1, The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness are all around him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. Now, a lot of people equate this to the judgment of God. But I like to look at it also in light of the fire of the Holy Ghost that burns within us. Now, listen to me. This is important before we go to prayer. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. In plural, his lightnings light up the world, which means you and I have been called to represent the light of Christ. You and I have been called to be the light of the world. You and I are the lightnings. And then it goes on to say, his lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. Verse 5, the mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth, the heavens proclaim his righteousness and all the people see his glory. It is all for the glory of the Lord, which means in conclusion, we get to stand in the face of adversity. And you and I as torchbearers, the light of Jesus Christ, as you and I stand in faith, in prayer, every mountain of adversity that is in front of you will melt like wax. You got to see it. Uh, I have a wild imagination. I mean, if I could, I would have built up this mound of wax, right? Shaped it like a mountain. And if I could, but you know, Pastor Carter, I would have been fired like the next day. But if I could, I would have had like this huge stick with a, 
with the, the cloth wrapped around. I would set that thing on fire. I would be like, now every single person here online and in the house, watch this mountain of wax melt right now. Can you see it though? But this is the word of God. God said it. God said, is anybody willing to be like lightning out there? Is anybody willing to hold up the light of Jesus Christ? Is anybody willing to roar in the face of the enemy? Is anybody secure in knowing that God will peek his head around the tree and make sure nobody messes with you? Is anybody willing to understand that it begins with a mustard seed of faith, but when you trust God and when you pray and when you seek his faith, faith grows in the hand of God. That's a Faith grows in the hand of God. The mustard seed of faith is not always going to be a mustard seed. Some of you, stop running around going, all I got is a mustard seed. All I got, you're taking it out of context. Don't do that. All I got is a mustard seed. All I got, here you go, here you go, Jesus. That's all I got for you. No, 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 no. You better make room for a whole lot more. Because if that mustard seed, oh, listen to me. Some of y'all get it. Some folks don't. If... If that mustard seed is in the hand of God, then what happens is you've entrusted your life with the living water that is poured out the steadfast love of Jesus Christ. So this is how this is how it all works. Understanding close. The mustard seed is put in the hand of God because we say my faith is better in the hand of God. My faith has not worked on my job. My faith has not worked in accordance with my bank account. I've even put my faith in, in, in my boo. Some of us put faith in our boo. Don't tell me y'all don't know what the boo is. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She just loved me. She loved me so much. She loved me. And like, like, like her text messages, they just warm my heart. Stop it. You're reading the wrong text. The mustard seed of faith, when it's in the hand of God, you will experience the steadfast love of Jesus Christ, the steadfast love that sits higher than any mountain that you're facing. And when it's poured out over your life, you will grow. And the plant grows. The plant grows because you put your faith in the hands of Jesus Christ. And when the plant grows, you become a living testimony, overcoming adversity. Would you stand up with me? <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So, so we've used the symbol that Jesus gave us in Scripture quite a bit this afternoon, the mountain. Well, it's time for the mountains to move. Enough is enough. Because if we're going to push forward, then that means mountains have to move. We know that song. You can say to that mountain, move away, move away. But, you know, so often we'll sing that song, but still we go out these doors and the mountains are sitting in our face. And we're like, I don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to do. Somebody roar at that thing.
Hey, praise God. Let, let, let's pray. And you know what? I, I want to invite anybody up here that you're facing mountains and it's just time to put up a shout and say enough is enough. And maybe it's, it's been a mountain of broken trust for you. Like you just, your heart has been hurt one too many times. This mountain of rejection. A mountain of discouragement. You, ch- you keep trying to just move further along and it just seems like it's bad news. Every single week, it's just something. Some of you are facing the mountain of affliction. Worship team, you can play. Um, we go through that sometimes in my house. The mountain of affliction, like sickness and, dis- and disease. And it's, it's frustrating. And even me as a pastor, sometimes I can find myself pacing in the house, just frustrated, like almost like tossing, tossing like the wave and the wind because just so quickly, like doubt can creep up, right? Because you're, you, you look at the, the mountain of affliction and you're like, okay, God, I've, I've prayed for this, but why isn't it gone yet? I, I, I've prayed for this thing to move. You, you said it will move here to there. Well, why, why isn't it gone? And God spoke to me and made it very clear. Sometimes I make attempts to remove my seed out of his hand and attempt to give a timetable as to when this seed will grow and what I want this seed to do. But if my faith truly is in the hand of God, then I have to trust him to move when he's ready to move. No more doubt. Come on, from the balcony to the main floor, I want you to make your way up here. Somebody needs to roar at the mountain. Somebody needs to roar at the mountain and call on Jesus Christ, and God's going to move, and it's going to melt like wax this afternoon in the name of Jesus. We surrender all to you, Jesus. We surrender all to you as our mighty Savior, as our protector, as the mighty warrior who will fight all of our battles. So Lord God, I thank you for your power that you have given to us to stand in the face of adversity, to stand in the face of darkness. We come against you, Satan, in the name of Jesus Christ. We resist you, devil, right now in the name of Jesus. Every mountain that has stood In the way of your people, God, I ask that you would move it right now. You are the mountain mover. And so we are able to lift up our voice and roar in the face of adversity. And you, God, will move the mountain. The mountain will melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. We are the light of Christ. We have the spirit of God that dwells inside of us. We are no longer powerless. We are filled with power. And so we are the torchbearers of this generation. We are the torchbearers of this city, of this community. Lord, we, Lord God, are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will be a testimony of every mountain that has fallen in the presence of God. And we will walk forward. We will push forward. This will be a road of victory in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you for drawing us 
here into your house this afternoon. I pray, oh God, that every person that goes out this afternoon would move forward in victory. Victory that only comes from you. God, we put our faith in you, Jesus Christ. May faith rise up in us. Grow our faith. Give us great faith, oh God. We surrender all. Forgive us, Lord God, for putting our faith in so many other things. But our hope is now in you, Jesus Christ. Not simply in what we see, but in what we know as Savior, the living God of our lives. And you will get all glory. This battle is won. This victory is ours. We win. And we will push forward. We have overcome adversity and the power of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. And amen.